listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey, welcome everyone to the Tennis.com podcast, the Wimbledon preview edition. I'm here with Pete Bodo and Steve Tigner. I'm Ed McGrogan, and uh, we're going to look over the Wimbledon draws, which just came out this morning uh, for the 2010 tournament. Um, we're going to start with the women's side here. Uh, this, you know, this bracket had a couple very interesting early round matchups, potential fourth round matchups of uh, you know final quality caliber. And one of those is right off the top uh, with Serena in her quarter. She may get Maria Sharapova in the fourth round if both advance, and we'll touch on the other one after in the other half. But uh, Steve, you uh, just wrote up a preview on the piece on the draw, and uh, just like your thoughts on, I guess this part of the draw and whatever else you want to touch on. Well, uh, bef- before I looked at the the draw, I had, I had sort of had in my mind Sharapova as a potential sleeper to win the tournament. She's won it before. She loves this tournament. She's starting to play a little better. I thought she played, you know pretty pretty high level match against Justine in Paris but unfortunately for her she has Serena in the fourth round well fortunately and unfortunately she Serena has has beaten her badly in a in a bunch of matches over the years Sharapova beat her in the 2004 final I think Serena's always tried to exact revenge for that match so she really focuses for that the one positive of that is Serena typically will have a bad match somewhere in around then in that part of the during that part of the part of the tournament so maybe maria could could hit that well yeah you gotta like the fact you know i think the pressure is all on serena in that and so i think if you were sharapova and you're given a choice between having to play serena in the final and the fourth round all other things being equal you might want to be you know take the fourth round say you know i don't want to get her early when she's maybe you know feeling a little bit that she's got to get to the final or you know that kind of thing so it's you know it's probably pretty good sharapova ought to be fully healthy coming into this and um you can't say she's not gonna be fresh she'll be rejuvenated by you know a chance to play at Wimbledon again never mind win the thing so I think uh you know she's she's looking in pretty good shape to do pretty well here but that is a big obstacle yeah I, I guess my concern with Sharapova for this is just that um I still can't get over it that the, the serve for her it's still really it's you know it's been shaky I think still since her comeback and uh the second serve especially and that's what Serena can really feast on there and uh you know I think if those two do match up there, you know, I, I don't suspect an upset would happen, but I think the, the biggest telling point is the serve there. Yeah, Sharapova was was decent. She made reached the final last last week in Birmingham, but she wasn't she wasn't great. She wasn't, you know, the form you would you would ex- that you would expect to take into Wimbledon and win Wimbledon. Yeah. That's a good point about the serve, actually, because that's critical, you know, because everybody knows how important the serve is, which means there's that much more, you know, onus on you to get it in, and that's going to, you know, that can play a little mind games with you. Yeah, I mean, especially on grass, even though, you know, it's not what it once has been told to be. The serve is still obviously quite important, and it's always been so important in the women's game overall that, you know, it's a huge thing. Um, you know, the rest of that quarter, I mean, there's not – I think that that's really the match that determines it. you got kind of an odd seating for – Kuznetsova down at 19. There's been a lot of strange seedings lately with what's happened last year, you know, with players that used to have so many ranking points falling. Denaris Fina, for example, is number 20 now. But take that for what you will, and I think Serena Serena takes that, in my opinion. The bottom half of that... Um, Okay, let me interrupt for one second. Do you yeah. guys know if Wimbledon seeding committee follows the same formula they do for the men's? They don't. For the they, women? They do a grass court formula for the men. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they do whatever they want with the women. 
And well, that's interesting. You know, well, you know, I guess you can give them equal prize money, but that's you know, that's a PR move. But then <laughs> this year they chose not to do a whole lot with the, with the women's side. But they well, which changed is odd some because of the men. Look at Hennen's record. You know, you think where's Hennen's seated? Number seventeen, I She's think. 17, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you got to figure given her previous record on grass and uh, you know uh, and the way she's played this year, even you know, you, you got to bump her up. Why some, not I would move think. her into the top sixteen? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It, it, that's the other big fourth rounder. Hennen and Kleisters can meet in the other half of the draw. Um, you know, it, it seems. It, I was thinking about the match a little bit. I think. The fact that it could be an early round match, relatively speaking, might make for a better quality match between those two. I think if you put that as like a later, you know, semifinal type of match, I think, I think you could, especially from Hennen, maybe see the nerves could be on like that Bartoli match a couple of years ago. But um, you know, that's obviously another sort of star-studded match to look forward to on that side of the draw. That's Venus's half as well. Yeah, I think just <clears throat> I I would take Justine in that match. Kim is coming back from an injury. She just lost to Azarenka. I mean, she could. Who knows? She could she could play really well. She's beaten Justine twice this year, but this is a this is a slam, and if they're both playing decent tennis, I like I like Justine in the in the bigger events over Kim. I say another eighteen, sixteen, and the third match points both ways, double faults galore, all kinds of unforced errors, you know, and everybody will walk away either loving it because it was so exciting, or hating because because it makes such a mockery of the standard, you know, basically you know one or two breaks and a couple big points and that's it. So. You know, is, is there any hope for Justine this year? I mean, this was the sole purpose of her comeback. Do, you, do either of you see her making not even just the run of the title, but you know, a final appearance or a semifinal? What, what's your take I on? Took, I picked her into the semis, and then to lose to Venus. Venus has had a pretty good record against Justine, and, v- and we know what Venus is like when she gets to the second second week of at Wimbledon. She really only ever loses to her sister. It seems like I mean, Justine. It, I, I don't think she's all the way back, so I don't see her. I don't see her winning the title, but but um, she's put so much into this event. I you know I think she I think she'll play better than she did than she did in Paris. You know it's funny she looks like she ought to be so good on grass. I mean if you look at her game and stuff. And I've always said you know that her game is ideal for grass. I I got to rethink that somehow because you know um, I don't know you know there's, there's something if she doesn't come through this time, you really got to seriously say all right well what's maybe let's look at what's might be wrong about her game for grass because you know she's got a, she's got the great versatile backhand she moves really well yet at the end of the day she hasn't really gotten the job done there you know even at the peak of her career when she was doing it everywhere else so there's got to be some there's got to be something more to the story here i think physiologically or technically or strategically that we're catching on i would say the one big thing is she has an ideal game for grass but the williams sisters have a more ideal game for grass they've beaten her a few times a few times at wimbledon she can't for whatever reason she doesn't match up well against against them she's not that size difference seems to to, to make a difference on grass. Yeah, and Venus, speaking of, of you know the Williams sisters, she's at the bottom of that. She's a very, you know, I, I I don't see a reason why she wouldn't make the final four. I, I pick her to win it personally. It's a very comfortable draw for her, even though she's had some kind of sort of odd results this year. She's in a draw. You know, she's near Yankovic. You know, no real other players of of threatening. No, and I think. You know, she's had those weird results, but she's overall been very consistent, just winning a lot of matches this year. And I, you know, I think, uh, I mean, I think we're going to have a, a, a Williams sisters repeat for the final here. Personally, um, Pete, any thoughts of that? I, I don't know if your thoughts. Well, about I'm picking that. Venus, but you know, I, I'm picking it with a little bit of trepidation because I think her her uh, playing grand in the two Grand Slams so far this year has been, you know, left a little bit to be desired, frankly, in terms of her. I don't know if it's her motivation or her nerves or her consistency or something, but, you know, she's done really well in those smaller tournaments. And, uh, 
you know, I think she's going to live or die by that serve. You know, if she, you know, is, there's definitely going to be she got she got holes in her game. There's no question about that. And if you know, if you can keep her out there on the court hitting balls, you know, you're going to be in with a shot. But I think uh, if she can actually really, you know, really focus in, on her hold game and take good care of her serve, she might be able to cover those up and go all the way. The question is, will she be consistent enough to do that throughout the tournament, especially if she comes up against somebody with a hot hand? Yeah, I can see her having a tough, a tough match. Not really a tough match until, until she plays Justine or whoever comes out of that, of that quarter. I picked Serena to beat Venus in the final. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a toss up. They've split the last two years, but I felt like last year. Serena finally sort of broke whatever hex her sister had on the tournament. This was Venus's tournament, and Serena took it from her. And I think, you know, if they f- if they play again, I would I would go with Serena just because she's she's overall this you know the stronger of the two. Yeah. Now, in the same line of thought, Rafael Nadal he broke the Roger Federer hex of the tournament. Of course, Nadal didn't play last year, but in Roger's defending champion, but. On the men's side, they're you know obviously one of the bigger big story, but we'll get we'll talk about them first, and then the rest of the contenders for them, and there's certainly a couple. But for Roger and Rafa, you know, I look at the first thing I noticed when I looked at the draw is I thought Federer had a very comfortable quarter. The doll is a very very difficult quarter in my opinion. For my you know for my picks, if he if Nadal is to make this is just to get to the quarterfinals. Um, He'd be playing Nishikori, maybe James Blake, maybe Ernest Gulbis, John Isner, Soderling. He's in a you know a quarter draw with a lot of big hitters, guys that have trouble in the past. Um, as for Federer, it's a little bit easier, I think. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, you know? Let's start with Nadal, if you will. Yeah, the Nadal draw really stands out among all of them as as a tough lineup. Gulbis, Gulbis has been hurt. Uh, James Blake, he's beaten Nadal three times. Yuzny is there. He's beaten. He's beaten Rafa. And then Soderling, the one and also John Isner who's who's taken a step from him. The one guy I think I think Nadal will get through these because um I just I still think he's the better player than any of them. The one guy that I think is very, very dangerous for, for Rafa though is Soderling. He I have to feel like Soderling must feel like he didn't he didn't show his best at the French Open. He took Rafa to five at this tournament a few years ago. He you know, he obviously beat Nadal last year at the French. So, I don't know, I think I think Soderling I think Soderling poses the biggest problem. Yeah, I don't think he Soderling is, you know, I I don't think he's fearful of Nadal by any means in the French Open. I just don't think he played his best, but I also don't think about him it's like he's had the losses pile up against him and he's being really quelled and kind of just in a shell against Alfred. I think he's still going to go for his shots, just try to make you know, try to make it happen, try to you know, win the way he beat Federer at the French Open. Just that's his game plan, and if it, if it's on, it's on, and it's pretty much unstoppable. So, well, the key to beating Rafa, you know, is being tall. You know, <laughs> if you're tall, he got a chance, and uh, you know he's got a couple of tall guys to contend with in there. You know, I'm looking for a lot out of John Isner. You know, uh, I think there's a question, legitimate question about two things: his service return, and uh, also. Uh, his mobility on grass and whether he's yeah, that's able the to thing. It's the serve is big, but speed is just as big these days on on grass. Exactly. And that's, it's that always is, been actually yeah. even back in yeah, the day. Yeah. That's where Borg won so often. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the big I think the big guys can can really you know, and I think they scare him. I think he knows that these guys can can shut him down. A guy with a with a real big serve, you know, decent reach who can get to some balls. 
can really impose himself on the doll. And I think, you know, in a way that can happen on grass more easily than on clay, it gives less Rafa less time to to react, to counterpunch, to you know, transition from defense to offense and stuff. So uh, I, I think he's I, I think it's a very, very I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think you could design a tougher draw for Nadal than Is there scares Nadal? He was he was scared to play not scared, but he was he was concerned about the match in Indian, Indian Wells. He was really happy to get through that one. So that type of guy is that type of guy who who you need. He needs to hit a couple great retur- just a couple great returns to break. But that that in itself makes it makes it a, a, puts a lot of pressure on Rafa. Yeah, Federer just to quickly touch on his draw. The only guys I think of note of him that could threaten him possibly Lopez. Maybe he's the guy who be- he beat Nadal in Queens. Just uh, correct on that. Yes. Yes. He, he beat Nadal he beat in Queens him, yeah. last week. Yeah. Um, Burdich possibly Burdich who's beat Federer earlier this year. I, I you know I think I don't think Roger really has trouble with either of these guys though at Wimbledon. This is just you know such a his native surface really. But I don't know about that though. And I think there's a legitimate question. Or look, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Federer has you know his he sort of banked it all in the majors this year. He did he did the job in Australia right out of the blocks, and he said, well, we're back to Federer as usual. But I think his failure, I mean, his loss to Soderling, even though Soderling played a great match in Paris, you know, every, every, you know, the thinking really here is, has been, as we've, and we've said it before, right, in this podcast, was that Roger is, you know, he's sort of on cruise control through these other tournaments. You know, it's all gravy. Whatever he wins is good, but he doesn't care that much, and it's really going to be focused on the Grand Slams, and we'll see a different Roger. But those losses pile up, then he loses in a slam here, loses in a slam there, and then suddenly you're looking at a guy who maybe is not going to be as confident in a big moment. And so... You know, he's going to have to play very consistently. He's going to have to show again that he can play like he did, you know, pretty much in Australia or throughout most of his, you know, career up to his first 16 slams that he's going to go out there with, you know, with the kind of consistency and be able to deal with a lot of different things that people throw at him from different angles and, and do it and not have that, you know, that critical lapse where, you know, where either he visibly looks like he's not that into it or his game really kind of goes well, off Well, he couldn't ask for much more as far as confidence-wise. Wimbledon made him the first seed even though he's ranked second and the draw he has is really is really pretty pretty good for him. Davidenko is the second highest seed and and he's never done much at Wimbledon. He's coming back from a layoff. So I, I mean I think you gotta like like Roger into the semis. Yeah. Now the contenders for those two, the more interesting quarter of uh, the other the other ones is down at the bottom half of Federer's half where you have Djokovic, you have Roddick, um, you have you have Hewitt, Chilich, um, Monfils. A lot of interesting players there. You know, Roddick, I think, gets the most attention, obviously, because of what he done last year. Um, but out of that draw, what do you what do you suspect it's out of a that? Good, Steve? This is a good section. I like I like Hewitt. He uh, just beat he just beat Roger for the first time in 16 matches. He's been moved up to the 15th seed, so he's got a decent draw. He he would be in Djokovic's area, and he can definitely beat him, and he can definitely beat Roddick. They played a great match a couple years ago at Wimbledon. I don't necessarily. I mean, I, I think Hewitt is a good sleeper uh, pick right now, and you know, if he plays Andy, they could have a they could have an excellent match. Hey, you got to look at you know, Novak Djokovic. Has got to worry about Olivier Roches. You know, he's one in three against the guy. You know, he's he's only beaten him once. Granted, that one time was was on grass, but it was seven six six four at Queens. So you know, tiebreaker in a six four. You know, that's and you know, Roches won their other three matches, and you figure Djokovic is going to be in with, uh, you know, with a little bit of. You know, mental trepidation there. You know, uh, he's you know he hasn't played that great. You know, and people are expecting him. If you know, we can you know we can burn a lot of time waiting around for Djokovic to win another slam. Yeah, on top of that, Rokas Djokovic uh, 
a matchup, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, th- memorized. I, I think Djokovic actually has to worry about Taylor Dent. Um, if yeah. if Dent yeah, is, if, if Dent's not fatigued enough from the qualifying, I think he presents a pretty big problem for Djokovic. I mean, he Djokovic hasn't really impressed me this entire year from start to finish. Um, he's had just a couple notable results, and I think a guy like Dent on grass could really. Um, put the first big ups of the draw in the books right there. Yeah, yeah that's a possibility. That. that one definitely sticks out. The only problem for Dan is, the, is, like we said with Isner, the movement, but the serve is going to put a lot of pressure on, on Djokovic. Yeah. Um, you know, I take Roddick out of this side of the draw. I, 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 he hey, does, he, he doesn't have that easy match either with, with Rajiv Ram in the first round there. You know, uh, there's a little pressure. A lot of Americans here. Um, and Cole Schreiber as well. Cole Schreiber, he would play in the third round. Cole Schreiber, yeah, chill we'll him a maybe. Years ago. Yeah, it, it's a very, very loaded section of, the, section of the draw. You know, Rock doesn't have the matches. I, I'd say he's he's still kind of been you know outside of of the circle since his hardcore play. You know, I just think that you know coming from last year, what all happened. I think he's got to just throw everything in this tournament and you know let the chips fall where they may. I suppose, but um, I like him to the quarters that, and maybe to play Hewitt. Yeah, go there. The other, the other quarter, the last one we haven't discussed is Murray's quarter. Uh, I think he gets a pretty nice quarter here, the hometown one. Um, Verdasco's the uh, Verdasco's at the top. I think he could have a nice, just because of the the strength of the quarter as well. I think Verdasco could do pretty well here. Sam Query's also in this. Sanga Ferrero, a couple guys who could really hit through the grass pretty well. Um, I think Murray comes out of this. Any? Yeah, we talk fun? about uh, Fetters. The- Federer is relatively easy draw. I think Murray's might be even more kind to him. He, he doesn't really have anybody. Gilles Simone is the first seed he would play. And then the one guy who could, who could pose a problem is Sam Query. Query could do well on grass, and he's, he's definitely a lot of people's sleeper pick. He would play him in the fourth round. I don't like the other guys on the, on the other side that much to beat Murray Verdasco or Songa. They just generally don't get it done at the slams. Yeah, I do. Th- I, I, I think you may have mentioned or someone, I just, you know, with what happened with Murray last year, t- winning Queens and everything, you know, th- it was just a snowballing effect where the pressure was certainly, you know, heavy on him th- that year. I think this year is a little more generous to him in terms of that. I think he can take advantage the of it. The pressure is down, but so is his game. That's the, yeah. that's the downside. And that's Absolutely. where the pressure kicks in because the expectations are still there, especially after last year, but the game's not there now. I think I think Djokovic and Murray are both right. If you if, if I'm looking for a first-round shocker, I'm looking at Djokovic and I'm looking at, uh, at Murray as potential guys. Uh, I, I think Murray gets Hajek, I think, and, and he's never played him before. And I, I've been on a jag today, basically, with, with some of the stuff I've been writing about. I, I, I went through the draw, and 40 of the first 64 matches, which, of course, is the whole first round, 40 of them, there's no record between the guys. Now, that's not particularly unusual, but let's always keep in mind that the first time you play a guy is always the that toughest. That seems high, yeah. It, seems it like does seem like number. a lot, doesn't it? You would think 40 out of 64 of these guys there, have yeah. never met. Now, granted, you've got qualifiers, you've got wild cards. And then luck of the draw. But, you know, we think of these big tournaments, and you're thinking, you know, Federer versus Nadal, you know, Murray versus Djokovic and, and all these things. But, you know, you look at these records, and there aren't that many. Well, oddly enough, one guy, and this confirms with, I think, what you guys have been saying about the draw, who's got a, who's got a good first round is Federer with Fala because he's played the guy four times. Yeah, they keep playing. I feel like played him in Holly, he owns the guy. He's his first round puppet, you know. Uh, yeah. And in, in four matches, Fala has won a grand total of one set off Federer. Poor That's guy. if you add up all the games he's won in the course of their two matches on grass. The Wimbledon and the Queens. Can he put in a special request? Just, just 
for the next tournament just don't have me play Federer? Is that, has yeah, that exactly. ever been done? Or Federer put in a request saying, get me Fala. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think the double encore was necessary for those two at this, this tournament. Yeah. Um, you know, call it a hunch, I guess. I, th- I think Roddick will win this. That's my pick I made. Uh, what do you guys think for your overall... I'm going to take Nadal. He has a tough draw, but I like him if he faces. I like him against the top players. I like him against Federer and Roddick and Murray late in the draw. If, if Rafa gets through his early part, I like him to win the tournament. I picked Andy too. I want. I like. I you know. Look, sometimes you pick with your heart. I, I'd love to see Andy Roddick win this tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's few. Not many people wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well. We have a lot going on at Wimbledon. Uh, we have uh, I'll be over there uh, starting this weekend. Tom Parada will be. He'll be writing the Wimbledon Wire on Tennis.com. Uh, you'll see that updates throughout the day. And Pete will be over there second week um, delivering on Tennis World and all the usual fronts. Our friend Roz Angel will be around first week to do our Crisis Center post if you want to get on and comment on the matches as are happening. Steve will be dabbling. Yeah, I'm watching, watching from the couch. You'll be dabbling <laughs> from, uh, from Brooklyn, yet. Yeah. So we have a lot going on. Check it. And uh, any questions, send them to podcastattennis.com. And, um, we'll yeah, be let's do-, do another question session one of these days. Yeah, we might be ripe for a post-Wimbledon uh, hangover, sort of. Yeah, you know. post-Wimbledon question session. That sounds good. Absolutely. So send them in there and uh, keep checking tennis.com. But don't question our picks. Never. Leave that out. Never. Oh, no. Tigner picked. Oh, no. Tigner picked my man Rafa. He, surely Rafa's going to lose that. You know, the chorus is, is building yeah, already. I can hear it. I can hear it from here. No, yep. need, no need to get personal, folks. Let's keep it civil here. But, uh, anyways, that's it for now. Pete Bodo, Steve Tigner, Ed McGrogan. Uh, we'll talk soon. Podcast will still happen next week. And uh, check in tennis.com. Thanks. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 